Hello and welcome to the Believer's Guide to Christianity Part 3. Uh, today what we're going to do is go on to prayer. Now hopefully you have this brochure. Now let's go on and look at one of the most important things, if I believe the most important thing uh, that you'll ever do, and that is talk to God. Alright, this is prayer. Praise God. Now simply put, prayer is communicating with God anywhere, anytime. Let me add to that, it is a walk with God that begins now and lasts the rest of your life. It is literally a walk with God. And it doesn't require you to be in any special position or posture. You know, when I first became a Christian, one of my relatives said, you've got to cross your fingers and kneel if, you, if God's ever going to hear you. That's what I got told. So I always did that. I thought, oh, I have to do that. So I couldn't pray on the run, you understand. I couldn't pray out in the car because I couldn't cross my fingers and kneel. <laughs> okay? All right. So you don't need any of that stuff. Remember, God looks in the heart. And, you are, and remember, God is spirit. He's not flesh. So all the fleshly things that we do and all the fleshly things that people insist on isn't godly. Amen. What he is looking for is a heart that is righteous. Amen? Amen. And a heart that wants to speak and communicate with him. All right. Now, as to how to pray, there are some rules that you need to follow for your prayers to be truly effective. I, I really hate saying it that way because I don't want to make this a formula, but there are some things you really do need to do. Okay, we've kept this to the essential things you need to do. This is not 600 things you need to follow. All right, so we're only give, going to give you three points. Now, point number one is sort of two things together, and that is two, and I've got here, pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. I want you to notice the first thing is that we pray to the Father. That's why I said there are kind of two things in this first one, okay? We pray to the Father. We go to the Father whenever we have needs, all right? But we pray it in the name of Jesus. In other words, when you begin praying... You begin by saying something like, Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, and then you go on from there. Okay? All right. The reason that we are to pray in this way is because of what Jesus said in John chapter 16 and verse 23, which will be in your flyer. He said there, and in that day, now this is after his ascension. He says, in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Do you see that? Whatever you ask the Father, in my name, he will give you. Now, there's the rule. Let's get excited about what he actually said. <laughs> okay? I want you to notice, he says, in that day, you will ask me nothing but whatever you ask the Father. Whatever. I love that Jesus didn't say, now all oh, everything except. Okay? Now, of course, it's going to be according to the will of God. We're going to get to that which is the second point, all right? But you need to understand this, that when you're walking with God, you won't ask anything outside of His will. Because so much of the time you're discussing with God what, you know, what His plan for you is, what His purpose for you is, and remember again that He has got the best plan and purpose for you. Your plans and purposes don't come anywhere close to His plans and purposes. Amen! <laughs> we really need to allow God to be God. You know, that's why he's called God, <laughs> okay? And that's the reason why we don't follow, you know, prophets and good, you know, holy people and stuff, because we want God looking after us. We want the person that designed and created us to look after us. Amen. Right. Amen. 
And the thing is that with God in your life, then you, you can expect miracles. Hallelujah. All right. All of this is supernatural, by the way. When he says, whatever you ask, know that the provision is coming from a supernatural God in some supernatural way to bless you supernaturally. All right. If we were to read further, now you don't have this in your fly, I'm sorry. But if we were to read further into the next verse, into John chapter 16 and verse 24, again, it'll be up on your screen. Uh, for you, it'll be up on here, hopefully. Uh, he says there, until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Watch, he said, ask and you'll receive that your joy may be full. Do you know, it gives God great pleasure to bless you. Okay, God isn't the type of God that goes, oh, let's see how much he'll, want. he'll suffer for us today. <laughs> okay? If, if you're in a church like that, leave, leave, leave. Come here. Okay, so, okay? Just don't be there. <laughs> All right? <laughs> but you need to understand something. It gives God great pleasure. You know, he's our father. He's our daddy. Any natural father wants to give their best to their kids. Do you know they will do without just so the kids will have? I'm talking normal people, okay? I'm not talking weird ones. All right? Any, no <laughs> any normal father that is following God's heart will always do that. And you need to understand that God is the ultimate daddy. How do we know he wants to do so much? John 3.16. For God so loved, he gave. Amen? That's how much your daddy loves you. And so I've said here again, it gives... God, great pleasure to bless you and see you full of joy, especially since his only begotten son paid for all of this at the cross. You need to understand something. A price was paid for you to be able to ask anything. Do you hear what I said? This, this, see, this is the problem people have. What, what makes me think, and the devil will attack you with this, what makes you think you deserve this? Oh, I, I don't deserve this, is your reply. But Jesus Christ does. So I've said here, therefore, when we come to the Father in the name of Jesus, we are approaching God on the basis of what Christ did and why we can expect to receive whatever we ask the Father in His name, as long as it isn't in opposition to His wondrous <laughs> will and plan for our life. Which takes us to rule number two. Pray according to the will of God. The Apostle John, in his first letter to the church, says, in 1 John chapter 5 and verses 14 and 15, he says, now this is the confidence that we have in him. This is the confidence. Can I put another word in there? Faith. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Please remember again that this is the apostle nobody could kill. You know, all the other ones got martyred. They couldn't martyr this one. He just refused to die. <laughs> okay? <laughs> and I think, you know, I think, listen to him. Obviously, he knew something. That's right. I want to I follow the ones that lived, you know, yeah. <laughs> more than anything else. I want to listen to everybody, but, you know, okay. And the, I believe this is why, because he never asked anything outside of God's will. He never expected anything from God outside of his will. And he never allowed, listen to me, he never allowed anything to happen in his life outside of God's will. So they tried to kill him. He said, no, that's outside of God's will. Thank you very much. As much as I don't ask for anything outside of God's will, I'm not accepting anything outside of God's will either. 
Sorry for yelling. All right. <laughs> so that's why he says, if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. Verse 15, and if we know that he hears us. See, knowing that he hears us, that's where our faith is, okay? Then whatever we ask, whatever we ask, we know. We don't hope, we don't guess. We know. He says, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired or asked of him. So, we see from this that in order to pray scripturally, that is according to God's will, we do require a knowledge of God's word. And you can get this knowledge by going to church. Hello? Reading your Bible, okay, joining a Bible study group, whatever. As long as you're in the Word, this is how you grow. This is the reason why you want to grow. Amen? Because the more you can pray in line with God's will, the more your prayers will be answered. I've said here, knowing God and His will through His Word and His Spirit is the secret to having all your prayers answered and receiving everything God has for you. Did you get that? Okay. I'm going to repeat that. It'll be up on your screen. Knowing God and His will. Notice the two things. Knowing God and His will. Through two things. His Word and His Spirit. It's not just His Word. His Spirit is what reveals His Word to you. Or who reveals His Word to you. That's why it's a living word. It's not just words on a page. There's a spirit behind this that will reveal the word to you. That's the secret to having all the prayers answered. You know God in His will. Through His word and His spirit, you will be able to pray and receive everything God has for you. Rule number three. Pray in faith. Dear Lord. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I'm giving you three things that are essential to your prayer life. Now, there's a whole lot of other things I could go into. I've done a whole course in a series, and coming up is a course in a series on prayer. And it's not three points. Okay. <laughs> Probably take half a year to get through it. <laughs> but I don't want to make prayer so complicated. You know, sometimes you go and listen to stuff on online and prayer and stuff, and it's so complicated, you just think, forget about it. Okay, so I'm leaving it to the things that are very, very simple. Step number one, pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Step number two, pray according to His will. Step number three, and this is a, that's it, the last step, is pray in faith. You've got to pray in faith. It is important that you believe the Word of God. And in essence, believe God Himself and what He promised in His Word, and therefore believe in what you are praying. If you, can I just say this? If you can't believe it, go and get some faith first. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? All right. Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, he said, therefore I say to you, whatever you desire, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. When you pray, believe that you receive them. Believe that you receive them when you pray. When you pray, believe that you receive them. Do you see the correlation? You can't be hoping when you're praying. It says you need to be believing when you're praying. And can you believe when you pray? And when you pray, can you believe? Because that's how this thing is going to work. Amen? 
And he says again, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. One of the things that you need to do is you need to understand that this only works when you believe. It doesn't work because you're sincere and you're honest and you're sweet and you didn't kick the dog this week and you were good and all. No, seriously, you know, people sometimes mistake a godly life for faith. You need to live a godly life. Please live a godly life. Because otherwise you're sowing seeds of destruction. Whatever you sow, you'll reap. Okay, that's why God wants you to live a godly life so that you reap godly benefits. But understand something, faith is about believing God. Not about how you live, but about believing God. Do you understand? That's why it says in Hebrews 11, 6, without faith it is impossible to please God. Because you need to do two things. You must believe that He exists, thank you, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. When you diligently seek Him, when you go to Him, He will reward you. He will bless you. Amen? And that's how He blesses you, through answered prayer. That's your reward. Amen. All right, so let me, <laughs> let me just read some of these things here. The Christian life is a faith life. Everything we receive from God is by faith. Amen? And that's why, again, Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith, it is impossible, impossible to please God. All right? It is something that in itself is a journey and it will take a lifetime to master. Did you hear what I said? All right. You'll never get to the place where you say, I have all faith. If you do, go home. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> repent, repent, and keep going. All right. Also, while we're in Mark chapter 11, I want to take you to another verse. It'll be up on your screen. It's not in your brochure. Which is the very next verse. In verse 25. After Jesus gives us this tremendous verse on prayer, he goes on to say in verse 25, this is one thing that can get in the way of your prayer. He said, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. In other words, you need to pray in faith and walk in love in order for your prayers to be answered. Once you follow these guidelines and pray to the Father in Jesus' name, according to the will of God in faith believing, there are some rules you need to follow in order for your prayers to work. They are as follows. Rule number one. Praise, I'm going to add the word thank God for the answer. Praise and thank God for the answer. See, once you, remember Jesus said, believe that you receive them, and you'll have them. If you believe that you received them when you prayed, what is the next thing that you do? Thank you. If you truly believe that God gave it to you the moment you prayed. Remember he said, believe that you receive them. Not going to receive them, but that you have received them. Because in the spirit, God dispatched it immediately. What do you do when somebody sends something to you? Thank you. Okay, all right? Now, I've said here, this is probably one of the most difficult things you'll do, and it is recommended that you learn how to do this from someone who knows what they're doing. Now, it takes a little bit of uh, training to learn how to thank God. You know, the reason that you thank Him continually is not because He forgot. 
Not because he needs your thanks for him to keep motivated to do something for you. It's so you don't go off track. It's so that you don't allow the circumstances, we're going to look at that in a minute, allow the circumstances to dict, you know, get you off what you prayed and saying something else. Okay, so we're going to look at that in just a minute. So that's why it's so important that you keep your mind anchored in the fact that you received what you believed, what you asked God for, the moment you believed, the moment you prayed, and that it is now yours, and nothing can get in the way of it. That's why you do this. Now, let's go to a scripture in Romans chapter 4, verse 20. The apostle Paul said, He, that is Abraham, staggered not at the promise of God. Now, that's, that promise was that God would make him a father at 100 years old. I'd stagger a little. His wife's 90. One minute, Abe, let me just get to you in <laughs> my wheelchair now. Okay, I mean 90, 90. And barren. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the, the, the deck is stacked against them. And it says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. I believe him giving glory to God is what strengthened his faith. Amen. The more you give glory to God, the more you are inviting the presence of God. And as the presence of God comes, your faith grows stronger and stronger. Hallelujah. It is something you will learn over time. Rule number two. So what's rule number one? Praise and thank God for the answer. Okay, so when you pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, according to his will, by faith, when you finish... The first thing you do is praise and thank him for the answer. Amen? Number two, watch your confession. Now watch what you say. I said this to you before. Don't walk out and say something else. I'm going to use a Sri Lankan accent right now for all those of you online. I do this every so often just to make my point. It wakes everybody up. You know, don't go to the car. I am not knowing if this is working. I mean, that pastor fellow prayed, but I don't know. (laughs) Okay? Hello. I can use a Texas accent, but <laughs> I don't know how many people understand me. All right. <laughs> Be careful what you say. Okay. A confession is what you repeat to yourself after you pray. And we mumble things under our breath. Have you noticed? Oh, we do. People may not hear it. You hear it. And so do the devils, and so do the angels, and so does God. Confessions often make people uncomfortable and confused because they're based on a spiritual principle that goes against common sense. Because when you are trying to say, isn't it funny, you can say something negative and everybody will be okay with it. You start saying something positive and you're weird. Seriously. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Romans, says, this is the Roman church, in Romans chapter 4 and verse 17, he says, even God, who quickens the dead or brings back the dead to life, And calls those things which be not as though they were. Calls those things that be not. Something that doesn't yet exist as though it already existed. In the beginning, God said, he didn't say let there be light. Did you know that? Do you know in the original text it says, and God said, light be. Ooh, that was it. Light came. Didn't have a choice. (laughs) Okay. He spoke it. It was there. 
Now, you know, it would have been really bad if he goes, whoo, it's dark. And then darkness would have stayed. Just like what we do in our lives. It gets dark and we confess the darkness. Instead of declaring light. Do you hear me? Okay. God was the first one to speak something that didn't exist into being. And he expects us to do the same. Even if it means, listen to me carefully, repeating in faith until it comes to pass. I didn't just say repeating. Because there is this thought out there that if you just say it a million times, it'll happen. No, it's not your mouth that does it. It's the heart that is attached to your mouth that does it. If you speak from your heart, remember Jesus said, if you believe in your heart and don't doubt, then what you say will come to pass. Amen? But just saying stuff won't do anything. Okay. And whatever you confess, listen carefully to this, your high priest, Jesus Christ, will see to it that it comes to pass. That is brought out in the book of Hebrews, chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, think about and consider, listen, the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Whenever it's Christ Jesus, we're now talking about God. So I've said here again, notice here that Jesus Christ himself, or Christ Jesus, is the high priest of our confession. Meaning that everything that you say in line with God's word is being acknowledged and acted upon by our high priest, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. So watch what you say. All right. That's what is brought out in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 12. When God says to Jeremiah, you have seen correctly, for I'm watching to see that my word is fulfilled. I like the New American Standard Bible. It says, for I am watching over my word to perform it. And he will only perform his word. So make sure what's coming out of your mouth is his word or in line with it. Amen? Okay. Rule number three, watch your conversation. It is essential that you don't say anything contrary to what you prayed. Often what you say after you pray determines whether you succeed or fail. Jesus brings this out in what he says in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12 and verse 37, when he says, For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Did you hear me? He said it. The very person that said, pray this way, also said, be careful about what you say. Watch what you say. Our words carry a lot more weight than we could ever imagine. And why the writer of Proverbs said in Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of your tongue. Do you know you can speak death into people and you can speak life into people? Did you know that? Have you noticed that some conversations you have, you walk out and you feel horrible? And you feel like, ugh, I really wish I didn't talk to that person. <laughs> and the other way as well. You, some conversations you have, and you might go in there all deflated, and by the time you walk out, you're dancing, and you go, I'm so happy I met that person. They ministered life to you. They spoke life. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, and it says, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So once again, watch what you say after you pray. It will make all the difference in the world. Number four, don't be influenced by adverse circumstances. Okay, the enemy will do everything he can to convince you that nothing has happened after you pray. That's his job. 
In his little job description, he goes, discourage them, <laughs> okay? That's why you need to fight. Uh, and why the Apostle Paul, writing to the pastor at the church at Ephesus, says in his first letter to him, in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, that's what the one means, okay? It's a first letter. He says, fight the good fight of faith. You know, if there is a fight, then there has to be enemies. We're actually doing that right now in our uh, faith course. We're looking at the enemies of faith. Boy, isn't that incredible, the things we're learning. Amen? <laughs> and, uh, but I need to understand that a major part of that fight is not to be influenced by anything that you see or feel. You have to, you know, you have to be careful. Remember again that God is spirit, God is not flesh. Which means that you are communicating in the spirit and everything that is happening is happening in the spirit. Remember the fig tree incident that the thing didn't drop over dead when Jesus cursed it. But overnight it was, its roots were attacked by something unseen that began to kill something that you could see and touch. And in the morning when they walked, by, walked past the thing it was drying up from the roots. In the spirit realm. Things will always attack the roots, not the, the leaves, because it'll grow leaves back again. But you attack the root and the plant is dead. Anybody that wants to kill a plant is stupid if they cut all the branches. What they want to do is they want to go and <laughs> pour poison on the root. You know what I'm saying? And then its, it's days are numbered. Amen. So don't be influenced by what you see. Hallelujah. Okay, a major part of the fight, of that fight, is not to be influenced by anything that you see or feel. That's why the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by something we see on the inside, not by what we see on the outside. Faith has an eye. Did you hear me? Faith has an eye. It will see. You know, you see things on the inside. It will give you a certain determination and a confidence that no matter what gets in your way, you're seeing something else. And you are not influenced by what you're seeing on the outside. Do you know we do this so much of the time? When you have a dream, you know, you're following a dream and nobody else can see it. But you can see it clearly and you're heading for something very specific. And they don't trust you. And you just say, hide and watch. <laughs> you know, some days, okay, you know, it's just, it's, stop talking, okay? I know what I'm doing, I know where I'm going. And God is doing that for you. And you need to stick with God, not with what everybody else is saying to you. Hallelujah. The reason for this is brought out in what the Apostle Paul had said earlier in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18, and that is, while we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen, and this is the reason why we don't look at it, are temporal. The things which are seen are temporal. The things which are seen are temporal, subject to change. But the things that are not seen, the thing that you're believing for, that's eternal. Everything in the natural is subject to change. Just like that fig tree, something unseen, words of faith, a prayer, destroyed something that was seen. Something that was eternal destroyed something that was temporal. This is not for people either, okay? Don't curse them out, okay? All right. These are situations in your life. If you can see it, if it's there, it can be changed. Praise God. Rule number five, last one. Expect answers. 
Do I need to even say that? <laughs> I'm going to say it anyway. When you pray, believe that you receive. All right? Remember, this goes back to Mark 11:24 when Jesus says, believe that you receive them. Believe. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. You need to expect answers. You need to expect that God is, is on the job. Remember again that if you establish God's will, then you need to expect that it's coming to pass. Do you hear me? Don't question it. If God said yes, then he said yes. The only things that he'll say no to are something that's going to damage you. And then thank God that he said no to it. Because the way you saw it and the way he actually saw what was going on, hallelujah, always trust him. Amen. Okay. Now, if there is, if he tells you, this is my will and the devil's getting in the way, then go for it. But he needs to tell you that. Don't assume it. Did you hear me? Don't assume. I have learned enough to know that I'm not perfect and that I can make mistakes. And sometimes I may ask for the wrong thing. I've done this. I'm talking from experience. And thank God God didn't give it to me. Because I found out something about it later on. I thought, oh, thank the Lord. <laughs> he goes, yes, I know. He goes, okay, okay. <laughs> like you're telling him something he didn't know. All right. The reason we can expect answers is because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he, that is God the Father, made him, that is God the Son, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Notice that it's in him that we are the righteousness of God. That means we are in right standing with God. And as the righteousness of God in Christ... We have a right to expect answers. Did you hear me? Amen? Further to this, the Apostle Paul said in Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, he said, he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances, or the charges, that's, that is, okay, that was against us, and that stood opposed to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Amen. That's where it went. Verse 15, and having spoiled and disarmed principalities and powers, he made a show a, and public spectacle of them openly triumphing over them in it. In other words, listen to me. Not only were all the charges against us nailed to the cross, but the devil himself was defeated. Amen? So everything was paid for at the cross. It was nailed to that cross. So that God could say, whenever you ask for anything, he'd say, it was paid in full. Whatever they're asking for, they can receive. He doesn't check with the devil. Okay? <laughs> and the devil himself was defeated. You need to know that there isn't an enemy that can come against you, what God is doing for you, and win. So I've said here, so not only were all the charges against us nailed to the cross or paid for at the cross, but the devil himself was defeated and made a public spectacle of as Christ triumphed over hell and rose from the dead, giving us the assurance that we are on the winning side and can always expect our prayers to be answered. Amen. <laughs> and it is important to remember that answered prayer brings glory to God. Jesus said this in the Gospel of John in chapter 15, verses 7 and 8. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Don't you love the way it always says, it will be, it shall be. 
There's no question. Verse 8, he says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you'll be my disciples. I want you to notice that God is glorified when you have your prayers answered. Amen? Let me conclude by making these remarks. It is important that you be blessed in your prayer life. It is not only a testimony of God's love toward us, but also shows that God is greater than anything that the devil can do. And so brings much glory to him. Amen? All right, that's it. We're done. (laughs) In the next lesson, we'll look at the most extraordinary book that there is. One that has absolutely no equal. And that will be your greatest source of wisdom, strength, and divine peace. Amongst a myriad of other things. The Holy Bible. Amen. God's word to you. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. And we thank you, Father. I pray for each person that is watching this. I thank you, Father, that this word comes across clear to them that they receive not only the information but the inspiration as well that they choose to communicate with you to walk with you to have an active vibrant fruitful prayer life in Jesus name Amen Amen.